0: plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hey you guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with. Now, this week's guest is an interesting one. I know, and I did this on purpose, I know very little about. The one thing I do know is that he got a Your Snoke Theory Sucks tattoo on his leg. And that in itself... Get you on the podcast. Welcome, David Marshall. How you doing, man? I'm great. How about you? I'm really good. How, how's your leg doing? You know,
0: it's uh, slightly less hairy than normal. It's kind of coming back to normal now, so we're good. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was bleeding quite a bit a few weeks ago. <laughs> bleeding with the blood of Snoke. I mean, uh, we still don't know who he is. I don't know. It's red blood. I don't assume he's a human, but...
1: Interesting. And yeah. well, we will find out in this podcast who you think it could be. But we'll get to the tattoo down the track. Where, where are you from, David?
0: Uh, I'm actually in Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Is there many tattoo
1: parlours in Kansas City? There's quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Man, tattoos sure have changed. I remember they used to I grew up in this small town of Rosebud and it's sort of like a kind of like a holiday town in summer where people that mm-hmm. don't have a lot of cash to go to a good holiday town would go if that sort of explains the the, the, the town it's a beautiful <laughs> town but um, that's its lot in life and I we had this tattooist came to town we didn't have a tattoo parlor and He came, and I got the racket was that he'd just go to little towns, ruin everyone's arms, legs, chests, backs, and faces. And then once that was everyone had got their tattoo, he'd just move to the next town and then do Uh it again. So it was like tattoo fever would hit a little town. Everyone would get a tattoo. And then once that dried up, he's like, all right, um, I'm off to um, spread my... Wave of regret elsewhere. <laughs> not that all tattoos are, uh, are regrettable, and and you know a lot of them are not. But when you're a 19 year old that, you know, a tattoo shop opens down the street, and you go, oh well, if that's there, I better go get one. You're probably you're probably not going to be into it when you're 30. Thankfully, I was um, too scared of needles and all that sort of stuff to to go and do it. So. No regret here, but let's, we'll talk tattoos uh, down the track. Uh, Let's go. How old are you, David? I am 28. 28. So what would be your first memory of Star Wars, mate? Uh,
0: I mean, I grew up watching the original editions. I don't have a lot of uh, memories about them, but I do remember them. Um, I mean, as a kid, just having pretty much all the toys, you know, like Slave 1, the Rontos, Dubac, stuff like that. And uh, I mean, it was just normal for me to, my parents love Star Wars, so it was just kind of natural for them to want to pass that on to me too.
1: It's so weird for me to hear two things: both that your parents are into Star Wars, like being a bit older, my parents, like my mum follows the news now kind of loosely. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? If there's an article in mainstream news, I will get a link Facebooked to me for sure. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, yeah, it's without doubt, it, it's something that it's like, Oh, mum! I knew about that weeks ago. You need to listen to the podcast, buddy. And the other is that you were getting these—the Ronto and the Jubak and the uh, the Slave One, which would have been—I'm uh, guessing—the Shadows of the Empire Slave One—and mm. you were getting these as toys to play with. But at the same time, people like me were getting them as collectibles to put on our shelves like it's so weird i i think um i know when i was buying the toys you know in the you know late 90s i had never crossed my mind that kids were buying them to play with like i did when i was little is that like how do you look at the like the vintage toys in like you know the ones that i played with
0: yeah and see that's weird for me because i have a son so you know we'll go out to target and there's, like, a Kanan Jarrus like, $5 lightsaber, so I bought it for him. He's only a year and a half, but he has a blast with it. You know, so stuff like that. So, to me, it's always been toys. I, but I, then... can, I,
1: can I just ask, are you, like, that full-on a parent that when you give him the Kanan lightsaber, you, like like, squeeze lemon in his eyes or something like that to try <laughs> to make the experience more real?
0: I mean, he's just horribly balance some stuff I don't even have to do that he's pretty much (laughs) blind even though his eyes work just fine um but yeah I mean collecting though that's it's a completely foreign concept to me now that I've been on I guess quote-unquote Star Wars Twitter for a while now you know like I just see all these people buying the hot toys models and stuff and I'm just like it's cool but yeah just growing up and for the past you know 28 years it was never really something I ever considered doing
1: I guess when you're 20 you said you're 28 yeah yeah and then how old's your son uh he's a year and a half yeah you're not really giving yourself much time to like reminisce about your childhood sort of like you're already you've you've been (laughs) struck with responsibility oh absolutely that maybe uh maybe as he gets older then you can um fill the shelf with warm memories you can have your your Coruscant guard Luke Skywalker up there, and you remember the good times when he was in that red Robotech suit.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I collect the comics and stuff, so I've got those set aside. And uh, unfortunately, I've been stricken with, the, you know, the whole Pops fever, so I've got plenty of those, but. Oh, how many- you know, they're out of the box.
1: Okay. Oh, you are collecting. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Just, I don't keep it in the box. I don't have, like, you know, the little glass case for the stuff that I see some people do, um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I've just never been able to get to, like, that point.
1: Yeah. I always find things in the box. It it depends. And it mm-hmm. depends how much, you know, if the the licensee did an amazing job of the packaging... Then it's like, oh yeah, that's box worthy. But yeah. I always found it weird when people got, like, say, got the that that era of Star Wars toy, like, like the Shadows of the Empire um, Slave One, which had no window boxing at all. Do you know what I mean? It was just a photo, yeah. and they get that and just put it on their shelf, like, and it's fine. Do whatever you want. But for me, it was like, oh, you're just you're just setting up a mini Toys R Us in your house.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Actually, I didn't even know you guys had Toys R Us. Or do you?
1: We do. Yeah, we okay. do. It, it's it's downsized quite a bit, I guess, as they have everywhere. But um, yeah, in um in the nineties, when would it have been? It w- Toys R Us would have come in. Oh man, I could tell you the year nineteen ninety four, I think, because I worked there and I set up one of the shows. Oh, wow. oh, oh, maybe it was a bit like, maybe, I oh, know it would have been 94. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure that was when I was working there. But, um, it was just before the, the rebirth of, you know, the toy explosion. So we had, mm-hmm. we had the micro machine playsets. I think there was maybe, what was there? Is there a death star, a Hoth one, an Endor maybe, but they had like, One for each movie, like a little playset. That you know, it was at the time mind blowing that there was a Star Wars toy on a shelf. But um, it was it was before the like Hasbro or I think it was Kenner for a little bit, and then it switched to Hasbro before they got back into it. So it always like we had Star Trek figures, and that really annoyed me because I was (laughs) like, because I never thought that there'd be a possibility that star wars you know the figures would come back and stuff and you know we had the bendoms and uh do you know those ones yeah i do yeah so for everyone that they're like they're like gumbies they're like rubber figures with wire mm-hmm. in in the middle of them and I remember seeing. I remember exactly where I was in the shopping centre near my um, parents' house, looking like because it's all reconfigured. But I could take you to the spot on the lino floor where I saw those Bendems and just went, "What is this? What like who thought? Let's bring back Star Wars figures and make them Gumby's." I was furious. That that may have been my first <laughs> my first bout of nerd rage. But um, but it's weird. Like those because I I collect, you know, I've collected the set of the vintage figures Mm -hmm. and you look at, like, we just looked upon them as these were Star Wars figures. Like, if you had this Luke Skywalker, that was Luke Skywalker. But when you look at them without that nostalgia and you look at the faces, are you just like, oh.
0: Yeah, it just kind of makes me wonder who was in charge of that and how they kept their job. I mean, I get it was a while ago, but some of these faces, it's just uh, surprising to me.
1: The one that particularly blows me away, and it's one of the most expensive figures, was it's the Luke Stormtrooper Power of the Force. And his head, it looks like it's been stuck in a... Like, it looks like Luke Skywalker died at sea, Right. His face got all bloated. This is, this is getting a bit bleak. And then they put his head in like a vice. And then they sculpted that. And then they put it on top of a little figure in a Stormtrooper suit. Ta-da! It is so... Un- I'm like, looking
0: at it now. It's really... Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, if you just put up the face, you'd be... Like, there's no way you'd go, Oh, that's Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Fantastic. Yeah. Did you go see the like the special editions and all that sort of stuff at the cinema?
0: So I actually don't think we did, which is weird. Uh, when all the hype was coming back about potentially being re-released, um, thanks, Jason. Uh, when I talked to my dad, I was like, "Hey, you know, do you remember anything about that? Because I don't, and I don't think we ever did." But I remember we had like the VHS sets and stuff, and I mean, we watched them all the time. I just don't think we went to the theaters to see them, but I know we did go see all the uh, prequel movies almost immediately as soon as they came out. But for the uh, special editions, I don't think we went.
1: Okay. So how old were you for the Phantom Menace?
0: Oh God. What year did that come out again?
1: Actually, I could probably work that out in my head. It's about 20 years ago. Was it 1999? So yeah, I was about 10. Yeah. So how you, you are perfect Phantom Menace age. Like I was, I I was sort of, Probably younger than... Oh, yeah, I was way too young for Return of the Jedi. Gem- like, I I think 10 to 12 is perfect that movie age. So how did you find it?
0: I mean, I had no problems with it. I think, like, everybody else, you know, now we're a bit more jaded towards some of the stuff, but I, I ate it up. I mean, there is nothing... At that point, it was my favourite Star Wars movie, just because, you know, you, you grew up with the old ones, but having something come out that new, that flashy you know, the uh, special effects were great, but to me, it was just so much more action than we had seen before. So, of course, as a 10-year-old kid, I love it.
1: So, did you sort of see the old ones as, like, a little bit old hat? Like, a little bit... Eh, that's sort of... It's all right, but it's no Phantom Menace.
0: No, I mean, for me, I kind of fell into that trap and not trying to derail too much. You know, the whole, like, hating the prequels stuff, but for the original movies they never stopped being good to me but I've always been able to kind of separate them as okay these movies came out at this point these movies came out at a later point and being able to view them separately I've always been able to do that for some reason so but no the the original trilogy's always been amazing to me
1: and uh what about uh Attack of the Clones how'd you go with that one um it's 15 years today there you go
0: yeah yeah I did see that That was probably, if I had to rate the prequels, I liked uh, Revenge of the Sith and Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones just kind of felt all over the place. And just the, uh, I think everyone getting used to Hayden Christensen at first, he wasn't as keen on that compared to Revenge of the Sith.
1: I don't, like, I loved Attack of the Clones. Like, mm. I, I was, like, the end, the, the Geonosis scenes and the Yoda fight and stuff, I would just thought it was awesome. Like, obviously, you know, I've said this many times, it's got, like, some of the worst scenes ever in Star Wars. Like, you've mm. got the sand, which I would never take back. I love the sand. Bring it on. Like, that's just part of <laughs> pop culture now.
0: You just um, have to own it.
1: Well, it's too, like... Imagine a world without sand references.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know.
1: Like, what's the point? What's the point of trying to bring up your son in such a world? Do you know what I mean? It would be a
0: very hollow existence.
1: <laughs> and so I, I, I enjoy the sand. I, I think that's a um, an awesome bit of pop culture. The, the C-3PO head thing. It, yeah. It's like, as... I'm going to preface this. We make fun of this on my other podcast all the time when you do a qualifier. But as a comedian, I find it very offensive that those are jokes in a movie that made money. (laughs) I can see that. But then I I like it when Mace Windu rocks up and and says cool things. I think it's, it's pretty sweet pretty sweet. It is weird that Samuel L. Jackson's in a scene with such bad comedy. Like, I don't think he knew what was going on. I don't think he was there for that line reading. No. It's interesting. I guess they would have had to have done like a table read for Attack of the Clones. I wonder if those jokes were in there.
0: See, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm trying to remember what movie I was looking at recently. Because um, I know Rogue One, they did a bit of ad-libbing. I feel like even with Guardians, they had mentioned they did too. But I can't imagine, I mean, with every movie, you know, you've got your script, but stuff is going to change. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there's just some eye rolls going on that we didn't see.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it probably would have been... Maybe I can ask Jason about this. But um, I feel like... You know, there's a huge chance that it was done later on because none of that scene mm. was real. Do you know what I mean? All you need to do is ring up Anthony Daniels and say, hey, um, do you want to read a couple of the worst lines in film history? <laughs> and he's not going to say no. He's not going to say no. no. He's not going to say no. I, I guess we, we should we'll find out who is your favorite character?
0: Great question. Uh, I'm going to pull Sal here and say uh, Quinlan Voss is actually probably my favourite.
1: Interesting. Tell us about Quinlan Voss. For those that aren't... Um, like, I've got a... V- not a great knowledge of him. Mm. And, you know, we sort of get listened to by people that are, are far more, uh, you know, casual Star Wars fans. So give, yeah. us, give us the fact sheet on this Quinlan Voss, who is a huge cult favorite
0: yeah so he was uh if i remember i just kind of like an extra in the phantom menace and then he ended up being run into more of a character um as much as i think people hate the term gray jedi you know he fits into that um a little bit more than uh some of the other characters i don't know just for me the reason i even like him is because of dark disciple i thought it was a phenomenal novel. Well, I think for me, so Quimlin, he has the ability to touch, like, uh, weapons or items and be able to kind of get a history from them. He can see things, which I thought thought was really interesting. It's more of a uh, supernatural side of the Force that we don't see very often, which I think is really interesting. Um, Just in Dark Disciple, he, uh, well, Claudia Gray did. So that was Chrissy Golan, excuse me, Uh, did a really good job just fleshing out a character that actually had a bit of nuance. And um, it wasn't just a good or bad character, but someone that actually wrestled with, you know, uh, uh, ethics and his moral integrity and stuff. And I don't know, it's just he's very sarcastic, too, which is very, uh, I feel like for a lot of us, we can uh, resonate with that quite a bit. Um, But just in general, he's just very quippy, very fun. And I'm very excited about the uh, potential of seeing him in the future. I think.
1: Well, that's interesting about touching the weapon and getting the backstory because that, you know, instantly when I hear that, I think of Ray and the lightsaber.
2: Mm-hmm. Has
1: there been yeah. mu- been much uh, theorized on that?
0: I haven't seen much on that. Maybe I'm just missing it, but it's something I've thought about where. I doubt they would bring a minor character into the forefront or something like that, but I wouldn't be upset if they did, so you never know.
1: Yeah, not so much that, like, it connected to him, but just that it seems like a similar power or if, you know, it's hard to say if that's, I've never actually thought about it till now, but if that is a special ability Ray has or it's just, like, the Force going, here's the deal. Deal with it. Uh, So I've just did a quick Google and yeah, he's in the Phantom Menace um, just sitting just up the road from, it looks like, oh, it's just next to where Jar Jar tries to steal that wizard.
0: Yep. Yeah. So he just kind of started out as like a random character and he ended up becoming something more. And I know he was supposed to play a bigger role in a Star Wars underground before that got canned. So.
1: But wasn't everyone. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> all right so tell me this right so quinlan Voss sees qui-gon jinn why don't they say hey what's up what's going on what are you up to where are you what are you Jediing about i'm sure pablo's working on a novel already about that interesting interesting I, i've only found out about this and i'm already yeah. angri- angrily debunking it no, I know, but it, it does seem like we're getting a novel
0: for, like, every single, like, quote-unquote plot hole, so I'm sure it's coming eventually.
1: Alrighty, alrighty. Maybe they were, um, they had a bad breakup or something, and, uh, <laughs> they weren't on speaking terms. So, where else has Quinlan Voss appeared? He's in the, the Clone Wars cartoon.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And then he had well, the novel.
0: Yeah, because the novel was supposed to be, you know, an arc from the Clone Wars, so it kind of made sense why that was all tied in. But I think that's really it. That's been the major part of it. But um, Quinlan and Qui-Gon, you know, I I like them just because they're, again, they have that kind of sarcastic element about them, but they also don't really worry about the rigidness of the Jedi code. It's more about, you know, if something's right, you do it. And if something's wrong, you don't do it instead of trying to fit. I mean, you know, we, we see later on, you know, the Yoda and everyone else, they tried to assassinate Dooku. That's kind of one of the parts of uh, Dark Disciple. Um, and I mean, that right there shows that the rigidness of their code led them down a dark path. Whereas Qui-Gon and Quinlan, they, you know, they did what they felt was right. And maybe they didn't always make the right choices, but they owned up to it instead of, you know, having the Jedi code as a crutch.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Did Quingland Voss have Dark Horse comic backstory?
0: Uh, he may have, I think. If I remember right, I think there was an issue or something like that where he had uh, managed to survive Order 66 in the old universe. Uh, new canon, they haven't said whether he survived or not. But yeah, I think there were some stuff, uh, a few issues about him surviving after Order 66.
1: All right, and what's up with this yellow face paint across the nose? What's going on there? Is he just—is he sun smart? Is it zinc? He's a wannabe rugby player. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's pretty interesting or complimentary—a big compliment, I guess—that um, you know, a character that hasn't been in the movies is your favorite character.
0: Yeah, and again, it was just Dark Apple was one of the first novels that I read in the new canon. I just, I connected with it. There's just something about it that made the character really pop out to me. And it's just kind of stuck with me since then.
1: Alrighty. Well, it's interesting. You you brought up the the thing about the gray Jedi and and Pablo constantly is is shooting people down for this gray Jedi thing. But I kind of think it's like, I think his basic premise is that You're either a Jedi or you're not. Like there's no like you're not a dark Jedi. You're something else. Because it's like you're either that or you're not like it's like Jedi is not a word that means you use the force. Mm -hmm. It's a word that means you use the force in a certain way. So I think that's his, you know, loophole about the grey Jedi. Like it's more The semantics of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And what about background characters?
0: Background characters. So, uh, thanks to Clone Wars, I don't hate Jarger anymore. I actually thought, especially towards the end, when it was him and uh, Mace Windu, that little arc there was actually a lot of fun. Um, How much
1: should have that (laughs) episode sucked? It, it should have been horrible. Like on paper, absolutely. on paper, yeah. a two part is it? I think it was a two part story with yeah, with Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks going on a mission where Jar Jar Binks has a love interest. That sounds horrible, but I yeah, I, I rated it. I, I thought it was really fun.
0: Oh, absolutely! And oh, gosh, yeah. And then that's that's the point is he's not a bad character. It's just what you do with him.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard the, the Phantom Editor episode, but you know, he's a guy that sort of did the first big famous fan edit. And Hmm. his whole thing was not editing out Jar Jar Binks, but just tailoring the use of Jar Jar Binks. Um, like he didn't have to end because in the Phantom Menace, he kind of ends every scene. Like he's the he comments at the end, which if something you know it's a tense scene and then you've got you know the the comedic character going oogley googly gook, then it's sort of is that that's an exact quote as well. I've seen these movies before, (laughs) but uh, yeah, all right. Which one's your favourite? Oh man, Um,
0: that's a good question. Uh, Let's say Embo.
1: What's Embo?
0: Embo is one of the uh, bounty hunters that uh, is with uh, Boba for a while. I'm trying to remember what race he is. Um, let me see. He's the one that has that fancy little hat that he kind of looks like a Zuvio. He, uh, I'm trying to think. He's the one that has, like, the bowcaster.
1: So not Hondo Anaka, another guy. No,
0: Hondo's fun, but I just liked Embo. He was a very stoic character um, and his little uh, dog thing, whatever. I can't think of what he has. Um, it's just fun. I love Bounty Hunters, so uh, not necessarily Boa Fett, um, but Bounty Hunter is always fun. I mean, Hondo is fun, too, um, but again, there's just something about Embo that was a lot of fun. They uh, One of the things I actually did enjoy about uh, Aftermath is they brought him back.
1: Oh, which character is he in Aftermath?
0: Uh, well, he's in uh, Empire's End. Um, towards the very end, if I remember right.
1: Oh, I haven't, I haven't got to that bit yet. Haven't got to that bit yeah. yet. All right. Yeah. It's nothing super crazy, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a pleasant surprise. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm midway through the audio book now. Um, oh, okay. Are you audio book or, or reader? Uh, reader. I would love
0: audiobooks. Um, just, I don't have the time to sit down and listen like that. I did try doing the bloodline audiobook and after two chapters of, a uh, the narrator trying to do Han Solo, I had to give up. It was just horrible.
1: So I, I find it interesting that you say you don't have the time to listen to an audiobook. That's why I listen to audiobooks, because I don't have the time to read the book.
0: See, for me, with having a son, like if I'm putting him to sleep, you know, I can sit there and read or, you know, if I were watching TV, my wife, you know, turned me on to the voice and stuff. So we'll sit there and watch, but I can sit there and read and I don't have to ignore her but if I got the audiobook going I have to take headphones off if she wants to talk stuff like that so it's a little bit easier for me to read I feel like.
1: Gotcha gotcha you are very um a very considerate family man David. Try to be. (laughs) The good thing about the audiobook is I was wondering this the other day is what do you do you like Mr. Bones?
0: Um I'm thinking back to the uh Jason's podcast where they had the discussion about the, the droids. Yeah, I don't hate them. Um, because it's not my favourite. Yeah,
1: I, I should, for everyone that maybe hasn't got into those books yet, Mr. Bones is a reprogrammed battle droid from the Clone Wars. And he's the Snap Wexley, who is, is this name right? Greg Ginsberg? Is that how you say his name right? Uh, I think it's Greg Gun- Grunberg or Gr- something like that. So, um... Hamburger. Yeah, who played, um... Like, Snap Wexley in, um... In The Force Awakens. And, you know, he's... He was the... He's J.J. Abrams' lucky charm best friend from childhood. And he was in Heroes. I think he was a policeman in Heroes. And he was the pilot in the first episode of Lost that gets killed. Which is, uh... A little factoid. But... In the books, he's got this reprogrammed droid. He's a child, and he's, you know, like the... the and it's now such a, a trope, the reprogrammed evil droid that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's got snappy answers and stuff. But the audiobooks reading of him, like the voice they do for him, like, I find him so endearing now because of the voice. And so I was wondering for a reader... How that character, you know, comes across without the, the you know, the benefit of hearing the, uh, the, the modulated robot voice.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering how it does sound with the audiobook. Cause in my head, it's just really loud, monotone and like garbly, but it's hilarious. I mean, I don't mind the character at all, but, uh, I did kind of lean towards the whole like, okay, how many times are we going to get this character thing? But
1: yeah, it is, um, You know, yeah, as you're saying about, you know, they talked about that on um, Now This Is Podcasting. And, you know, there's the Triple Zero who I just, he's from the comics. He's the worst. Just the worst. (laughs) And then you've got, you know, you've got uh, K2 in Mm -hmm. Rogue One. What other crazy robots are there?
0: There's a, in the post series, there's a guy named Nunzix. And he's the same way. He's uh, kind of a battle droid, and he's just really sarcastic too. Um, and then in yeah, the Free Maker
1: Adventures, there's one as well. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. I still need to watch that, actually. Uh, I haven't
1: eh, given it. I don't know if you do. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got a child. But uh, Yeah, that's, so,
0: that was kind of my point. He likes Rebels, so I kind of figure, you know, putting something like that on, it might keep his interest.
1: So how old He's under two? Yeah. Okay, and he likes watching, uh, yeah, I I, I sort I of... I mean, he'll
0: sit there and watch. I mean, it's not like the only show that he'll ever pay attention to. It's a BBC show called Sarah and Duck, and that's his favorite thing in the world. But, I mean, he'll sit there and watch Star Wars with me. We watched Rogue One uh, a couple weeks ago, and, I mean, when The Force Awakens came out, he was three months old, and we took him, and he just slept the whole time. But that way, my wife could come with me so we could see it.
1: So did he have any continuity issues in Rogue One? Did he pick up anything? that, Like, you know, did he wonder why C-3PO and R2-D2 were on Yavin 4, then on Scarif? Does he, is, he, is, he, is, he making, is he tweeting Pablo with these questions yet?
0: He had more issues with uh, Dr. Evazan more than anything. He was just kind of like, why was he even there? It didn't make sense.
1: All right, nice. I like it. I like where he's coming from. Good points, good points. I hope he can let it go and just enjoy the rest of the movie, though. A kid of that yeah, age does too. not need that tension. Just enjoy it. No. Right? Just enjoy it. So, has he taken to Star Wars yet? I always find it interesting the. Now that there's, you know, Star Wars parents, the way that Star Wars just bleeds into their life. Like, there's no. When they look back, there's no sort of original memory of Star Wars. It was just there. Like, like, Santa. Yeah, yeah
0: I mean, he loves that lightsaber toy I got for him. Um, I think the thing he likes the most is actually. Uh, music so this kid is obsessed with music i mean i can put something on he really likes jazz and he'll just dance around but uh so hope the music that plays when darth vader shows up at the end of rogue one that's actually his favorite song he gets so excited when he hears that and he starts freaking out which is uh kind of disturbing but that's that's his thing is you know i'll put the rogue one soundtrack on and he's just happier than i'll get out
1: <laughs> i'm wondering what's that the music you know speaking of music that sort of you know gets you amped up the music at the end of the last jedi trailer when the falcon appears it's so good like i i've Mm -hmm. I've not read if it's you know john williams or if it's just you know like you know disney ad factory music or what but it's epic it gets me so pumped have you, read no, anything I'm right about, there. have you read anything if that's him or if it's just
0: no I haven't and I doubt they would say anything yet but uh, no I mean I'm the same way I was actually watching that interview you did for News 10 or whatever and they uh, I was kind of just playing it in the background and all of a sudden it cut to the trailer and it just gave me chills like it's you're absolutely right
1: yeah just that dun 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 I just, oh, ah, show me the film. Right. Although I, 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 I say that, but I'm so happy for it to be at the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I'm loving this, uh, Star Wars at Christmas thing. I'm going to be bummed when that changes.
1: Yeah, it is weird. I sort of, um, I've, this thing that's happened to me lately is that I'm having, um, post interview regret like I'll think of a question like I want to know about the the decision to move it to to May and mm. you know because the last two films they brought out in December you know in America one of them's the highest grossing film of all time and the other one's like 6th or 7th so the formula works and what's the strategy to then move it to May like when you've got the top score why do you change like, is it because they actually think more money will be made in May? Is it because that Disney's got other plans for Christmas? But yeah, I do this all the time now where I think of something I want to know and I'm like, could have asked that. I could have <laughs> asked Kathleen Kennedy that. So I've I've now got about eight hours of questions that I now really <laughs> regret not fitting into that two and a half minutes. I believe it. You don't know what it's like, David. It, it's tough out here, man. It's tough out here. What's your favorite scene in all the saga?
0: Oh, man, that's tough. Um, Not if you me. No, I just... Uh, honestly, I really... There's just something about the final scene between uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Revenge of the Sith. Like, there's just so much... Emotion and you and McGregor's acting there. Uh-huh. I just I don't know. It gives me chills. Like just thinking about you know the kind of relationship they have, especially you know comparing that to what we see in A New Hope. You know, I mean, people can say what they want about George Lucas, but he did a phenomenal job of just like making these echoes from previous or you know later movies, and uh, just that scene though. I I don't know. It's you know contrasting that and just everything else that's going on. I mean, I it's always in my head for one reason or another. Always. Uh, okay. Not always, but <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, but it's a good scene. I mean, you know, again, say what you will about George Lucas or the sequels, but I love that movie and I love that scene and just, just the relationship they have and that, that pain, you know, to get actors to actually, you know, convince you of what they're feeling That's their job, and they did a good job.
1: Hey, you guys. I am not expecting any of you to go out and get your Snoop Theory sucks tattoos. In fact, I'd suggest against doing that. However, I do endorse you going to SteelWars.com, clicking the merch button, and purchasing yourself a sweet sticker pack of your Snoke Theory Sucks stickers. Grab an assorted pack and you can get some Yub Nub, some I'm With Snoke's and Luke Skywalker's tribute. Have you seen him? Or if you want to step up, you can hit the Your Snoke Theory Sucks T-shirt and unlike a tattoo, you get to take it off at the end of the day and put something else on. It's all up at SteelWars.com. How did you take uh, Revenge of the Sith that you would have been age 16?
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved it. You know, again, Attack of the Clones, it just kind of fell all over the place to me, even being younger. Um, Revenge of the Sith it had, you know, the the space battles that you wanted, but then, you know, it just, it made, it ended the way I wanted it to end because you knew what was coming, but it left it at a place where you just wanted more. You know, it wasn't just so t- neatly wrapped up that, okay, well, it's the end of the movie and, you know, well, you can watch the next one. Like, you know, there's so much room in between now that we've seen, you know, that you can start adding these books and comics and whatnot. And I decided it did a great job to leave the imagination open.
1: Did you, after Revenge of the Sith, you know, you're 16, mm-hmm. um, that, that's the prime age to not be into Star Wars you know, like other things come into play. Did you have a break from Star Wars fandom or did you keep on trucking?
0: Uh, There was definitely a break. Um, Probably after high school, um, up until a couple years ago, to be honest. Like I would watch Star Wars. I liked Star Wars. You know, I would, if someone would talk about it, I'd jump in, but I wasn't reading any of the books. I wasn't keeping track of the Clone Wars or anything like that. And then once we actually started seeing stuff come from The Force Awakens, I was like, all right, like it actually seems like something's coming from this, and it actually seems like this is going to be good. Um, but I don't know, just for a while, I, I used to play music, so that took up a lot of my time traveling, and uh, I just kind of had other stuff going on, in school, and just when it felt like life was uh gravitating towards having more time to actually enjoy my life, uh, Star Wars kind of came back at the same time and it worked out. I always wonder
1: what it would have been like if George Lucas had made episode seven. and Right. Well, I, I, I sort of... F- f- like, just the lead-up to it, like, I think having JJ sort of gave everyone a clean slate to get excited. Like, people that, you know, were less than impressed by the prequels, um... Uh, yeah it sort of recharged everyone to sort of sort you know restart and 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 sort of like sort of have hope that this is gonna live up to their expectations because you know regardless of what anyone thinks of the prequels that you can't debate that it did not live up to the expectations of some people because that's their yeah. expectations. whether you agree with their expectations is totally different, but yeah, I always wondered what it would be like. That we didn't have, you know, that, that that cynical element coming in in the lead up to episode 7 where, you know, we were sort of... Like, a lot of people wouldn't have trusted George Lucas to make something that is going to be to their tastes. And... Like, I I, I feel that. I I felt that, like, when it was J.J. Abrams, it was like, it's, you know, it's going to be a bit more of a a clean slate. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about that?
0: Well, for me, I liked it because, you know, again, I don't have anything against George Lucas, but we got something that, you know, you could sit here and say is the new hope all over again. But where it went with the story, it was more it just felt new, you know, whereas if we would have had George Lucas, I mean, think of how many novels he could have pulled from, you know, all these ideas that he was already working on. It just kind of would have felt like, to me, at least I felt like I probably would have expected most of it, even though I wasn't super familiar with all the novels, like I read the wiki pages and stuff. So like having J.J. J. Abrams and a story group coming in, you're actually having all these different minds, like you said, a clean slate, so we can go in a direction that, I don't think has, we've gone down that road before. So, I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, it was a little bit more flashy, you know, the, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. i um, not lens flare, but I know a lot of people have a, JJ Abrams is more of like a blockbuster kind of guy compared to like Ryan Johnson and stuff. But I think he was the perfect fit. I think if you wanted to, you know, kickstart the, the fandom again, you know, he was the guy to do it and he did a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah, I, I sort of, I agree with that point. I, I disagree with that George Lucas would have done, like, something expected. I, I think he would have, who knows what he would have done. Yeah. But I, I just found, you know, his his passion to, you know, have, you know, con- so much control of the film in post-production kind of like he didn't put enough work into Mm pre-production. I know Ian McCaig, who was a, uh, you know, a concept artist on Revenge of the Sith. And I, I believe Attack of the Clones. And I think he did stuff on episode seven as well, but he was saying just how frustrating he found it. Recently he did a talk somewhere that, you know george would come with the script so late into like you know like maybe the the f- script would be finished you know a week or two before they started filming and just how frustrating oh, wow. that was whereas um you know the, like the original ones got so many like there's this book called the annotated scripts which is it sort of goes through the different generations of of the story of the first 3 films You know, like how, you know, in Jedi there was going to be, like, the the lava, you know, throne room with the Emperor and stuff. Then it changed. Mm -hmm. There was two Death Stars and there's going to be one. But um, you don't really see much of that with the prequels because it seems like there wasn't those big generations of scripts where, you know, if you read the comic The Star Wars, which is based on one of the original scripts you know, it's pretty out there. And then over time it sort of got, well, we don't need that character. That can be the one character. Let's not make him a (laughs) wizard. All things that you have to come up with in time, you know? I kind of think that JJ did... Like, he didn't go that far. I I thought he gave a very unsurprising film. But it was great. But, you know, it definitely... You know it, it it definitely was this weird sequel slash reboot slash remake
0: well maybe maybe for me I was just surprised that they did what they did again you know that we saw the first order that we saw another like Death Star object in a sense like I was surprised because I didn't think they would go down that route again so I guess to me like I was really expecting more you know variety and so that's I guess for me I was surprised I wasn't disappointed that was definitely surprised, but I do like that they did that now because, especially seeing what Ryan Johnson contributed to the novel Bloodline and what we're expecting from Episode Eight, it seems like without that we wouldn't have the good movie that's going to be coming out in a couple months. True that,
1: true that. I I don't know. Do you reckon this one could be the best one?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I'm actually pretty optimistic about that. Not going to lie.
1: We're such idiots, though. We do this every time. Every time. Yeah. I didn't do it with Rogue
0: One. I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be the best one. Um, But I just... I don't know. I mean, Ryan Johnson just... He seems like more than J.J. Abrams, he's just such a cinephile. Like, he has such a... just a, a knack for making sure that art whether it's the visuals or the the script doesn't suffer just for entertainment you know i mean a lot of people you know praise him for looper which was a great movie for all it's worth but you know just seeing the kind of movies he enjoys seeing what he how he even carries himself and just the the way that the actors have gushed about him like that makes me very confident that if it's not the best it's gonna be really friggin' good
1: Or it's just gonna be so crazy that you don't know what's going on. Like do you know what I mean? Like what they do with Luke Skywalker. That's gonna make or break it. Yeah, I'm 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 excited and nervous. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Oh please turn on the lightsaber, please turn it on. Please (laughs) ignite the green. Come on, Ryan. We're friends. We're friends. We're sticking bodies.
0: Yeah, I mean I almost got him tattooed on me, he better do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's I talk saved, Snoke. I would have
0: saved that one for my lower back though. I mean come on.
1: Let's talk Snoke. Um You got the tattoo. Your yeah. Snoke theory sucks. What would your what is your first memory of this Snoke character? What's your relationship to Snoke? Ah uh, yeah, so I love Andy Serkis. I think
0: he's a great actor. So when I saw that uh, he was going to be in The Force Awakens, I was pretty excited. So that was actually the character I was looking forward to the most, just because I think he does a great job with you know what he does. Uh, to me, I like the character not because there's a hundred theories about him, but to have a character like Kylo, you know, to be sum- submissive to a character like this who's just so otherworldly, who's just so. There's just so much mystery, like genuine mystery behind the character that I don't know. I can't help but be attracted to like wanting to know what's going on, especially now with, you know, the way that the books are starting to get into like the the unexplored territories, all this dark space and stuff. I'm just like, okay, so there's got to be a reason for it. And I'm hoping that's why. Like, it's just a character that we've never seen. So which would be great. I I don't want to get another
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Hear, I don't think that's what we need.
1: I can't, it, no, no. It can't be Duff
0: Well, I just mean like, you know, like the whole, you know, Darth Vader being Luke's father, like that whole reveal oh, thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. just, Yeah, we just, we can't do that again. I mean, I don't know. I, everything can't be that. Like, we're so spoiled to think that, you know, we're just going to get that every single time. It's, it's not going to work like that.
1: Mm. And also, if it happens every time, then it's just expected, sort of. Th- like, it's not surprising. Yeah. Like, if everything's a surprise, then star wars just becomes like a movie version of passions where it's just like crazy stuff you never know who's gonna be revealed to be this person the doll talks
0: yeah we already had it with kylo you know being ben so i'm just like we've already had one of those reveals and whether it earned it or not i'm not gonna talk about that but yeah, I just I think it's just going to be a completely separate character. Did you and know so that's,
1: that? Did you know that that was going to be Ben Solo?
0: Uh, someone spoiled it for me going into it, so yeah. It, it was beforehand happened. though. Beforehand, no, I didn't, and that's why I mean, you know, you had everyone saying, well, not everyone, a lot of people saying Kylo Ren was Luke Skywalker, and I'm just like, that's a bunch of crap. Um, but no, I mean, that, it was a good reveal in that sense. I wasn't expecting it, but it was uh. It was spoiled for me, so Uh, I I didn't get that enjoyment.
1: Yeah, because I remember, you know, I've got it just in my head, the frame grab of me in the cinema when it was like your father, Han Solo or whatever, you know, when that conversation revealed it and just like going, like I remember the the whole cinema was sort of just like, oh, like it was quite a, um, everyone took a big breath at that one, which uh, which was super cool. What's your favorite Snoke theory? What, what What's the one that you've heard that you've like, yeah, maybe that could happen or I wouldn't mind that happening?
0: Uh, so the podcast I do, my co-host uh, mom has a running gig like we always, every time she comes up with a new theory, we'll talk about it. I still love hers that uh, Snoke is uh, uh, Leia. I just, I don't know, just something about that. just uh, it, it kills me every time I think about it. Um, that, or I think uh, King Tom had mentioned, uh, Snoke is the little uh, the Jedi from the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith that Anakin kills. That comes up and it's like Master Skywalker, soars Bandium or whatever. I'm just like, oh lord.
1: <laughs> well, at least that would sort of have a reason why he's upset at Jedi, I guess. Right. Because like the Mace Windu one. That it's like, like you know, first of all, you've got to jump the, the, the fence of that he lived. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, why is he, why is his character completely backflipped, Like, what's the, what's the chain of events that turns someone that good into like that bad, like directly against the thing that he fought for? That, it's, that sort of does my head in.
0: Yeah. Well I mean you have some people say he wasn't even really that good. I mean he was one of the more violent and aggressive in the council, but uh I mean think about, it. you know, you fall, you think you know, everyone thinks you're dead, no one comes to look for you. Yeah, that would make you kinda of bitter. I mean then people no, will say well, no, 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 right. no
1: no 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 Everyone got killed that day There's no one That's it
0: I, I, I get that, but... i It's like, that's like I'm oh, just no one, no one, no one picked me up. No out. one
1: picked me up on the day the atomic bomb dropped. No one picked me up. Like, come on, Mace Windu. People had stuff going on. Order 66. People getting killed. Kanan's hiding somewhere. He's going to get blinded in a few years. Stop thinking about yourself.
0: So, oh. yeah, it's, it's complete garbage.
1: Absolute. Let's talk about your Snoke Theory socks yeah um let's let's make a few bloggers angry Um, oh
0: i'm more than willing to do that
1: oh people people gonna be very upset with your leg we've been keeping the tattoo under wraps yeah for this podcast but yeah i'm fascinated (laughs) to think so what how did you hear about the the saying i guess so even before
0: I got onto Twitter, I mean I've been on Twitter off and on for years, but hey, we've all got stuff going this, on. Man. Yeah, so you know I'd kind of been off and on, but I guess now I've been on for almost two years. And uh, but before then, I was already reading makingstarwars.net. So I just saw your podcast on there, and I never really listened to any podcasts, but I saw your sticker on there. I'm like this is probably one of the best things I've ever seen just cause it lines up with my sense of humor, whether I execute that well enough. Uh, that's a different question, a different story, but (laughs) yeah, it just, it, it speaks to the idea of like, okay, don't take this so seriously. You know, just the idea of we're all here just having fun, trying to figure stuff out. I mean, I, I feel like half the time people are trying to do a PhD dissertation on why they think someone is Snoke and, I'm just like, why are you investing so much time and energy into something that's just gonna be proven wrong in about uh twelve months so again, it's just it, it it resonated with me, I saw it, and I just thought it was hilarious and then the more that I started interacting with the you know Jason and Amanda and everyone from making Star Wars, I'm just like, these are my people
1: i I think it's fun to try to work out who people are, and it's just got to a point like. There's the there's the ones that are done f- for comedy sort of thing, mm-hmm. and like that was fine, but after someone's told the same joke three hundred times, I'm like, yeah, I, I I get it. You just pick someone that's not Snoke. Yeah, that's that's funny, man. Like that's as funny as the last fifty people that did that. Oh, really? That that obscure... Ca- yeah, that's that's good, man. Yeah, it could be a Gungan, I guess. That's, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like, it, it's... I don't know, and I, and I think there's that thing as, like, inverted commas, as a comedian, it's just like, well, that's just the same joke. You've just changed one aspect. Like, you've just changed one word. It's still... The mathematics of the joke is still, I've picked someone ludicrous as Snoke. Here you go. Enjoy. Yeah. Just clean oh. up after yourself after you finished laughing at this. Then there's the theories that, in my mind, just make Star Wars like. If that happened, I'd be like, "Yeah, I think I'm done," you know? Right, <laughs> right. Like Mace Windu. That's uh, I like. Sometimes I like I. I always say, sort of like, "Oh, I wonder what I'd be interested to find out if that did happen. How I would react." Because I don't know, like I can't generate the scenario of if it was revealed to be Mace Windu, how I would deal with that. Like, I, it's so, like, like I, I just can't. Yeah, you know, I just can't sort of come up with something like, well, I would act like this, or I would just sort of just go, oh, I'm just going to ignore that, or. I would smash my cabinets and then set fire to my house and then go to a Star Trek convention. Like, I don't know.
0: What about uh, Kylo Ren from the future?
1: What does that even mean? <laughs> I, I've seen that one. I am so glad I tweeted about this the other day that, um, like imagine the theories that if time travel was in star Wars, th- that would times the theories by 10. Like, if you could add someone coming back from the future, it's out of control. Like I've
0: already toyed around with the idea. So I have a a bachelor's in English, and I've toyed around with the idea of writing a short story about time travel, about if someone tried to go back to stop Palpatine from becoming the emperor. So I've already got that idea, but then he ends up making everything worse. And that's actually uh, Quinlan Voss is involved. It's actually, I pitched it to a few people and they're like, that would actually be an interesting idea. I just don't have time to do it. Plus, I'm like, what in the world would I even do with this anyway? But it's fun to think about on my drive to
1: work. So <laughs> That does sound like fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing you in your car, just having fun, thinking about it.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's a great story. I'm just like, there's no
1: reason for me to actually spend time doing this. When you go back in time in the Star Wars universe, do you form in the past naked? Mm, I don't see why not. All right. I mean, I mean, yeah, let's get a I naked. Mean, it, it. It's got to be more fun that way. So let's just do it. So who goes back in time?
0: Uh, just a random perth, uh, random person on the Death Star, actually. So they, uh, you know, it's common knowledge, you know, the idea of Palpatine. Um, it's just someone that uh, was on Death Star and then they realize, you know, what's going on. Kind of similar to uh, Bodhi, just that recruit of, oh my God, what have I got myself a part of? And uh, actually, I'm just going to tell you. So they end up taking a holovid back. And then, you know, to try to reach the Jedi and stuff. And uh, Quinlan Vol- Vos is involved. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, this holovid could be fake. But he actually touches it and can tell that, no, this is real. Palpatine is actually going to overtake, you know, the, the Senate and all that. But the catch is he touches something else and realizes what Anakin becomes. And then that sets him down a path because they try to stop him from becoming. that. It's just this weird, like... This idea of uh, preventative warfare, you know, we always try to stop things before it happens and it always ends up being worse.
1: So this guy so. that goes back in time. It's actually
0: a girl, but yeah.
1: Oh, really? Just, yeah. That, 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 just, that will, yeah. Oh, same question. Same question.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> do they have sublime buttocks?
0: Again, I don't see why not.
1: All right. I'm just thinking about this arrival in the past scene. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Arnie's butt cheeks, they look good. They look firm. Mm -mm. They look ready for action. (laughs) You could bake a cake on them. I don't even know what that means. Is that a saying? I don't think it is. It's about to be. (laughs) I could could bake a cake. That's a challenge for all the Star Wars podcasters out there. See if you can get that into your podcast this week. You could bake a cake on those buttocks. Just a challenge to lower your standard of podcasting to mine. That would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, cooperation. Hey you guys, I am not expecting any of you to go out and get your Snope Theory Sucks tattoos. In fact, I'd suggest against doing that. However, I do endorse you going to SteelWars.com, clicking the merch button and purchasing yourself a sweet sticker pack of your Snoke Theory Sucks stickers. Grab an assorted pack and you can get some Yub Nub, some I'm with Snoke's and Luke Skywalker's tribute. Have you seen him? Or if you want to step up, you can hit the Your Snoke Theory Sucks T-shirt and unlike a tattoo, you get to take it off at the end of the day and put something else on. It's all up at SteelWars.com. What drove you? I think you tweeted me or DM'd me, but you made your feelings known that you were considering a Your Snoke Theory Sucks tattoo. Run oh, us absolutely. through it.
0: So, I mean, I had, I've actually been thinking about it for a while. Just that's, again, my sense of humor. I've got a freaking Dragon Ball tattoo on my shoulder. I've got a Homestar Runner tattoo on my leg. Well, okay, uh, so
1: Dragon Ball Z, is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got the three star bar, uh, three star ball on my left shoulder. And then, what's the other one you've got? It's uh, based off of Home Star Runner. I don't know if you people down in Australia ever watch that.
1: Oh, whoa, well, whoa! Well, what's with this you people?
0: <laughs> oh, you know exactly what I mean.
1: Jeez.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Was that really a thing for people down in Australia though? I mean, it was huge here in the states, but
1: uh, what is it, Lone Star Runner?
0: Homestar Runner is a uh, uh, webtoon. I mean, it was back when like uh, Flash animation was a really big deal, like Strong Bad and Homestar and stuff like that.
1: No, I was not familiar with that at all. But, um, oh man, mate, you're that, missing that, out. That, that might have been an age thing, do you know what I mean? Maybe I just wasn't, um, you know, in the loop.
2: Yeah,
0: maybe. But, but... Uh, so that's the idea of silly tattoos. I mean, I got. The Dragon Ball tattoo, when I was on tour with another band, we were, you know, trying to get all seven and whatnot. Um, so that's just the kind of person I am, and my wife knows that. And a while ago, I was just thinking about, I was like, man, that would be hilarious to get tattooed on me. I haven't got a tattoo in, like, six years. I've been toying around with it. I'm like, at this point, I just didn't see any reason why not. So I asked her. She's like, yeah, just make sure you get it somewhere that people aren't going to see it. And uh, so ne- like, all right.
1: Neck it is.
0: Yep. (laughs) The first idea was literally a tramp stamp. And I'm like, I would regret that one. But so, yeah, you know, I was like, all right, well, I know I want to do it. But uh, let's just see how much fun I can have on Twitter. And I'm still getting retweets, but they're all from, you know, porn bots. So I don't think that really counts.
1: It counts, buddy. Every retweet counts. So what you did, you hit me up. On Twitter, and you said if it got 500 retweets, is that right? Yeah, and so we went for that. And then midway through, you made the offer, which you then reneged on that if you got a thousand well, uh, retweets,
0: King Tom had said you should get uh Ryan Johnson's, I think he said, visage or something like that tattooed on you as well. I was like, yeah, if it hits a thousand and I should have said I was being sarcastic. And then all of a sudden you pick that up and I'm like, Oh crap.
1: <laughs> so cause, the, cause it was this, so close. It was so close. Oh, it would have gone over as I stopped like pumping it up after you said that. I was like, Oh, fine. Yeah. Um, after he but, got involved too. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. So there's a photo that sort of, you know, blew up the whole your Snoke theory sucks thing of Ryan Johnson holding the sticker, which he tweeted out, which I am forever in uh, in debt to him and, and the Hidalgos for. Yeah, so King Tom came up with this thing of actually get the whole thing tattooed. Now, at first when you hit me up about the tattoo thing, I was like, nah, this is not a cool idea. I don't want I don't want to be a part of this. But then you let me know that you had worse tattoos than the your Snoke Theory sucks one. And you know, your your body is a wasteland that right. that can have anything placed on it, apparently. You got your Dragon Ball Z, you've got this show that I've got no idea what it is. And so I was like, Alright, fine, let's go for it. And then when the the, the thing of Ryan Johnson holding it, I was like, Oh, that is gonna be such an odd thing to see. Because John, you know, like it's unless the tattooist is like amazing. Whenever you get a photo reproduced, it always goes a little bit like wonky. Like like it's like watching a modern episode of The Simpsons and like the first year version of The Simpsons. Like it's not the sharpness is not there. So I was just looking forward I was looking forward just to seeing how weird Brian Johnson was gonna turn out. I was just like, this is gonna be great. He's gonna look like, you know, a four-year-old boy or an eighty-seven year old man. Or a middle aged woman. This is going to be very exciting. I can't wait to see how this turns out. And then Ryan Johnson did chime in on Twitter, letting his feelings known. Do you remember what Ryan Johnson had to say?
0: I think he was like, I do not support this. <laughs> oh, I died. Uh, that was easily one of the best things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, because it's like, you know, whenever you know, I have an interaction, you know, just when he put up the photo or the sticker, I was just like, I don't know. I, I was just like, I can't believe a director of a Star Wars film is holding up my dumb sticker. So then when he's chiming in about that as well, it was just like, this is so weird. Like,
2: yeah.
1: like I always found, you know, maybe it was because I'm, um, you know, in Australia and I just found like all the production of Star Wars just so far away like so like there's just such a wall between Star Wars and me like the actual you know even when it was made in Sydney but um yeah so to have that it was just so bizarre so did Ryan did he change your mind at all about the course of your tattoo
0: about just in general no i mean you know, to be honest, I almost considered doing the entire thing. I was like, that would just cost so much more. And I don't want to put that much money into something I may actually regret. But no, I mean, it it was funny, but I knew I was going to do it before I even posted anything on Twitter. I just wanted to have fun with it. I expected maybe 30 retweets and I was like, I'm still going to do it. And then you ended up just signal boosting it. And I was like, ah, oh, well, I definitely have to do it now. <laughs> like, there's no turning back. And my wife's like, you're really going to let people online dictate what you do? I'm like, oh, well, wouldn't be the first time.
1: <laughs> so you go to the, the, uh, the, the tattoo parlor, the tattooist. Mm. And um like do you bring in a sticker, a printout? What's going on? Yeah,
0: so this guy's actually done a lot of work on my brother in law. He's phenomenal artist. So I've been the only reason I haven't gotten tattooed before is I'm very picky. Um so I've been waiting to find someone good and this guy's really good. So I hit him up and I sent him over what I wanted and we set up the appointment and I come out and he's just so excited. I mean he's a huge Star Wars fan too, so He's just like, this is, you know, he was head over heels, put it that way. Um, So, yeah, he just, uh, you know, did the little tracing, put it on my leg, figured out where we wanted it. And he went to town and, you know, got it done in about 30 minutes. I mean, the guy works really fast. But, uh, yeah, it was just over Facebook initially. And I just came in and he knocked it out. Oh, so he already got the reference.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He completely understood. Oh, because the... The amount of t- like I now have almost like a script to explain what Snoke is. Cool, you know the evil guy that's a hologram that tells Kylo Ren what to do. Because you've got to for the people that ask, you've got to make the references so vague to like mm-hmm. like to click into their you know because they haven't watched The Force Awakens twenty seven times or when they did watch it they weren't taking in you know the, who the, everyone was. Yeah, it was just sort of like Ray, you know Han mm-hmm. Solo, Chewie. All your favourites All your favourites <laughs> The Quin- black guy Quinlan Voss No he wasn't in there No he wasn't What about if Quinlan Voss is Snoke Tell me about it
0: you know that where you said, like, if something happened, you wouldn't know what you would do? That would just be one of those moments where just no point. be <laughs> so... St- like, at that point, I just feel like that would have been Pablo, just a, like a drunken rager one night. just like, this is going to be the best idea. Just do it, guys. Trust me.
1: You, um... Let, let's just put it out there. I, I'm sure it's, um... I'm sure people are, are more than eager to do this. David's Twitter address is... What do we got here? It is... Tipper Bean Fad. T I P P E R Bean Fad. Let's get him some uh, photoshopped pictures of Snoke with that little uh, yellow zinc going across. Let's, let's hit him with a few a few dozen of those to keep him Bring up. Bring
0: it go. on. <laughs> I could use some more action on there anyway. I'm I'm game. So you got
1: it on your like your upper leg, the, the chunky yeah, bit left of the leg. leg. What, um, is is that a painful place to get a tattoo? That that seems like it'd be maybe one of the, the better places.
0: Yeah. Uh, it wasn't painful. It was one of those things where, you know, like I said, it had been about six years. So it was kind of a, a shock to get under the needle again. No, I mean, it wasn't bad. You know, I would say the worst one I ever had was on the back of my right leg because it literally, you know, where he was going on my leg, it felt like he was working literally six to eight inches up my leg. Like, it just, it was so disorienting. Um, But, no, it was really easy to work with. Do
1: you, um, do you watch it? Do I what? Do you watch it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched all my tattoos as far as I can.
1: Oh, really? Because I've got one like, on my, I guess you'd call it your inner bicep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if I sort of stretch, it'll sort of pop out of my T-shirt sort of thing, under my sleeve. And it's um, uh, it's a logo of a, an 80s punk band called The Descendants. It's like a very... Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's a little minor yeah. character. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. You're in. You're in. And... Um, <laughs> My friend Clint, my best friend Clint got it for me for one of my birthdays because he had one as well. And it was sort of like our, our favorite band growing up. So it's sort of something that we share. And I was not at, like, I always, I have never been driven to get a tattoo. And so mm-hmm. I take that as a hint not to get one. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not yeah, like, I, I just feel like it shouldn't be like a a wimpy thing. It should be just like, yes, I'm getting that. Um, and so I got that because, you know, it's sort of, you know, it was my favorite band and he got it for me and stuff. And then we'd have matching tattoos, although his is in a different place. So I don't know what's going on there, but it's just an outline. It's just like a basic picture outline. Very basic. It killed an attack of wasps on my arm. And there is no way I'm very like with blood and needles and stuff. Like, I am a raging wussy, a card-carrying wuss, and I could not look for the life of me. And then there was a dude, the guy, I was looking away from my arm, and to look away from my arm, I had to look at this other dude, he was a full-body tattoo, and he was getting some colors filled in, and he was having a great time, loving and life. And so I'm looking at this hard man to get away from my little pain, and I had to, like, really suck it up because I didn't want him to um, think I was some sort of girly man.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the first time I got a wrist tattoo. That was probably the most painful one, actually, now that I think about it. Because it was right there on the wrist bone, and that was tough. But so, so once you do it a few times, it's uh, it's easier.
1: You've only got two wrists. Inside wrist or outside wrist? Maybe um, inside Yeah, because I was thinking... I said to Jacqueline when I was going to Celebration, if Luke Skywalker ignites the green, I might get a lightsaber hilt tattooed on my wrist (laughs) as Celebration. And she's like, what do you know? Do you think he will? And I'm like, don't know. I'm not hearing any rumours about it. I just hope. And she goes, well, if he does, just give me a call first. Let's discuss it. So, she, Smart woman. She, I like it because she weighed up the odds of if it was going to happen. And she was like, well, I'm not going to have this argument now if I don't need to have it. So if it does come into play, ring me and then we can have the argument I'm saving you from now. Later. And we never did because, as you know... He didn't ignite the green. but as I said it, I was also looking at it, going, "Oh man, I bet you that kills to have it there. There's those veins and stuff. Ugh." But it would be cool. I'd I'd sort of like to have um, just the outline of the hilt, maybe colored in gray. Not not ignited. Not ignited. That that it's not for me to ignite. You know, that's not for me to do. That's for Luke to do.
0: So Mark Campbell gets his and then you guys just put your wrists
1: together and then it's just beautiful. I, I like that fan fiction way better than your time-traveling stuff.
0: <laughs> no, I know. As soon as I said that, I'm like, that's exactly why I didn't write it because there's a much better story to be told.
1: <laughs> and so um, you, you've kept the tat under wraps, but um, yeah. for the people that do know about it, how's the reaction been?
0: Um, I did have one friend when I mentioned that I was getting night, She was like, I've got to be a good friend and say, this is not a good idea. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, I actually do appreciate that. And I kind of explained the rationale. I mean, you yeah, know, I am one of those people. I, you know, I've done more of my tattoos impulsively. Um, but at the same time, again, this, I'm not as, I guess, uh, tied down to certain things on my body. I'm just like, it is what it is. I'm going to get old and I'm not going to like most of what I look like. So I might as well be colorful. um, <laughs> But for the most part, I mean, people are just like, all right, well, that actually fits your personality pretty well. So uh, like my sales manager at work, I told him I was going to and he knows who Snoke is and he thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Most people are just like, all right, you know, it's they believed me when I was going to do it. And I've kind of I've taken a few uh, a teaser pictures where I'll have like part of sucks showing on my shorts and, you know, just to kind of be a little tantalizing there. But uh, yeah, most people have been pretty impressed.
1: I'm fascinated to see, um, you know, I think, you know, they've said, JJ said that Snoke's going to be just Snoke, but you know, but it would be very interesting to see, um, you know, when we do find out more, you know, how the tattoo holds up. Maybe your tattoo needs to be, you know, have that Jason Ward alteration where your Snoke theory rocks, you know, maybe it will be Mace Window. Yeah. I mean it's easy enough just to draw a line right through it
0: and scribble rocks underneath and it looks even better.
2: <laughs>
0: I can do that myself.
1: What about if it's Ezra? Would you just burn your leg off? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, that one's probably actually my least favorite. So which one which one would you have a like a a more reality like you can't even conceive, like Mace Windu or Ezra? Ezra. I mean, that's just, Mace Windu, I think is probably
0: one of the first ones. So even though it's bad, there's still like that, like, it was your first one. So you kind of have that, you know, longing, like you're horrible, but I still have feelings for you kind of thing. Ezra is just, there's no reason why it would be. So it's just, I can't take it seriously. I, I may just step away from everything for a while if that ended up happening. <laughs> just need to take a few years to breathe. <laughs>
1: this is an a idea for a sketch. They reveal that it's Ezra in the film, right? And then a guy just gets up and walks out the exit door. Not even the, you know, there's like those fire escape exit doors at cinemas. Yeah and then he just go then he just walks along the street like at night and then he just walks fa- like it's just then he it's just him in the same outfit then just walking along a beach then walking through a forest then walking through the icy plains of antarctica he just goes for a 5 year long walk just to work out like it it's just it's too much for him he just has to step away and then he sits back down and he's
0: like okay i can do this <laughs>
1: Here's, this might um this might shock and surprise yourself and the listeners. I think I'd be actually I know because it's my opinion. I'm in more favor of being Ezra than Mace Windu.
0: Yeah, I think it's more logical. But like I said, it was kind of like your first girlfriend. You're like, this was a horrible relationship. But you still have some. There's some kind of appreciation, yeah. That's the only reason.
1: Yeah, and also because it's in a cartoon, I can downplay it more. Yeah, but I just feel like with something like that, if
0: they brought it in as Ezra, you know, the huge majority of the people would be like, "Who's that?" You know, at least Mace wouldn't do. Everyone knows who Samuel L. Jackson was, but Ezra is just kind of—I mean, most people that are going to see the movie probably didn't watch Rebels. So that's why I'd be like, it's not as meaningful to me. I feel like if they did that, which they're
1: not, but. I I love that, which they're not. (laughs) (laughs) I like it how Samuel L. Jackson thinks the theory is lame just because there's less money in it for him. Wait, did he actually comment on that? Yeah, he's just like, no. Oh my I, gosh. Mace Windu is Mace Windu, and he's coming back. He lives.
0: <laughs> I totally missed that. That's great.
1: Yeah, I was um, maybe about six months ago, because I remember the Star Wars Underworld had the headline, Samuel L. Jackson thinks your Snoke theory sucks, which I thought was a, a lovely homage to, um, to the sticker. Yeah, it's no tattoo, but it is on the internet forever. That's something.
0: I'm reading that right now. That's awesome. Yeah, but isn't he supposed to be seven feet tall too? That's the thing that I don't think people are thinking through. Unless he grows like two and a half feet, it wouldn't work anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, he is. Like, he's seven foot tall. Or maybe a bit taller. But I'm not sure if that's documented. Like, if that's... Like, I know it to be true, but... I'm not sure. Is that like in any official literature?
0: Yeah, it uh, actually, I think MSW wrote about it where I saw it the first time. Um, Yeah, so Neil Scanlon was actually the one that told People Magazine, this character is much better executed as a CGI character. That's just a practical reality. When he's seven foot something tall, he's very, very thin. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's where I've always come back to is like, Neil's probably got a good idea where they're going with it and that's a pretty good quote
1: hmm. good old Snoke it is exciting I, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder how much we'll find out about the old man by the end of um, The Last Jedi or even episode 9
0: yeah I don't think we're going to get too much this time around I think we'll get enough but I mean, there's nothing really to get if he's just Snoke, so...
1: Have you thought about any other Star Wars tattoos? I was um, a little bit upset. Like, I was very flattered that you got the Your Snoke Theory sucks on your um, on your leg. But I thought that would have been a great place to put the I'm with Snoke with the, the, the finger pointing at, you know, whatever you got going in between your legs there. <laughs>
0: Oh uh yeah, I've actually thought about doing uh, some sleeve ideas just like the duality of light and dark. Um so that the tattoo is actually kind of a uh, a test too for the guy who did it because I think he does really good work. But I kinda wanted to feel him out, his personality and stuff. And we've already talked about doing a, a couple um well not a couple, like full sleeves wow. for both, but that'll probably be uh that'll be later and it's not just gonna be Star Wars, but just the idea you know, of just dualistic ideas. But I'm going to be planning those out quite a bit, probably a year and a half before I get those done.
1: I'm with Snoke on the leg, pointing at your genitals. It's a good idea. Come on, man. go with it. Any plans uh, for your other leg?
0: <laughs> well, uh, it's that or uh, maybe Yub Nub. I don't
1: know. Ooh, that's very cool. I'm not sure if you want an, uh, an Ewok coming out down there. You don't know what's going on.
0: Might want to get that checked out.
1: Yo, yo. Now, um, thanks so much for uh talking to us about your tattoo. Thanks for doing it. I, I'm yeah. not, I'm it's 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 like I don't think it's I don't know. I'm I'm not sure I've come to terms with it. That you're gonna have like in a way a reminder of me for the rest of your life on your leg.
0: Yeah, you and me both.
1: <laughs> but yeah i i think um it's uh it's yeah i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure what to think of it but it it's very funny and um the uh i i am i'm i'm working on a book sort of compiling all these conversations i've had with people and adventures and You've definitely earned yourself a page in the book with that one. So congratulations. Yeah, I'm flattered. I will say uh, I will say,
0: people have recognized me driving around town because they're like, yeah, we don't know anyone who would have a Your Snoke Theory sucks uh, bumper sticker apart from you. I'm like, that's a good reputation to have.
1: <laughs> and uh, I guess in the end, we'll see if your leg was right or not. Did all those Snoke theories suck? Uh, we always ask this of our interviewees before they go what are you looking forward to most in Star Wars we've got seemingly an unlimited slate of uh, films coming up uh, we're probably going to get another one announced mid-year we've got we've got comics we've got novels we've got toys mm. we've got animation What what's the one thing you're holding out for what do you most want to see <sighs>
0: I want to see more movies coming out just because the thought of actually taking my son to go see a movie for the first time, that is what I'm most excited for. Whether it's an anthology movie or we get episode 15, you know, just that feeling of being with my dad when I went to see Star Wars, you know, that's what I'm excited for to do the same thing with my son.
1: That's really cool. That's very, very nice. Um, And what about when he comes home with uh, your Ray granddaughter's theory sucks tattoo?
0: He's earned himself a drink, let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to need it to get over that.
1: (laughs) Now, um, you mentioned that you did a podcast. Um, Yeah. Now's a great time to plug it and where the good people of the internet can track you down.
2: Yeah,
0: so uh, my friend Chris and I, we have a little small website called firstorderofbusiness.net. Um, we are trying to do a podcast now. We're actually running into some technical difficulties. Uh, I've got Google Fiber, so my internet's really good. But uh, we're running into some latency issues with him because um, he lives in Chicago. But the podcast is called 1001 Jetta Nights. Uh, we are on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, stuff like that. I'm um, just more conversational, nothing really specific, but uh it's fun. I mean you know listening to your podcast kind of you know i'm gonna flatter you there uh listen to your podcast, you know now that this is podcasting inspired us to do it even just for the sake of uh just having a chance to talk you know each week but um yes, we do that uh usually bi so all right,
1: real cool well, hit me up um if I might be able to help you out with those problems there's some good apps that you can record at either end and stuff like that yeah absolutely um well thank you David thank you so much thank you um it has been a pleasure oh and your did you give your twitter address at the end there
0: uh you did um for the the website it's just uh first order biz b-i-z
1: and oh and and give your twitter address as well and then people can look at photos uh... of your leg
0: Yep. uh, Tipper Bean Fad. So that was actually a nickname I got when I used to play music. So T-I-P-P-E-R Bean Fad.
1: Very cool. Then everyone can. You can make fun of me. That's fine. I've got thick skin. Oh, that's what makes it so good to tattoo on. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. See that? That was razor sharp. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't forget to uh, tweet those Quinlan Voss as Snoke photos to uh, David and totally ruin his life. And and while you're at it, tag Sal Perelis. Sal, I make music in them. He'd, he'd like to see those as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, David. And hey, may that force be with you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that really fun chat with David about tattoos, Star Wars and everything else. It's quite cool that I just spoke to David because he got an uh, a interesting Star Wars tattoo and we were able to uh, make that into a sweet hour and a half of Star Wars conversation. We can talk about this stuff forever and I'll sure try. Segue into plug, but I need your help to continue production. That is why we have the Steel Wars Patreon Content Club. Patreon is your way to support the ongoing content creation from the creators you enjoy. And from just $1 a month, you can help the continued production of the Steel Wars podcast. At $3 a month, that's where the action starts because you join the content club and you get an exclusive RSS feed that takes seconds to paste into your podcast app of choice and you get unlimited smorgasbord action on every Steel Wars episode ever recorded in full. Every interview episode, every blog pod, plus exclusive content like Gonk and Steel's Trash Compactor, The Making Steel Wars Show, which I record every couple of weeks with Jason Ward, regular Q&A episodes that you can participate in, and the bonus sections of the live call-in show. As well as, we also have three movie comedy commentaries that you can play along with the Star Wars films, And you listen to our little jokes that we told in front of a live studio audience. So while there are higher tiers that get you t-shirts and stickers and that sort of stuff, the $3 tier is the most popular. Last week on the Content Club feed, we posted eight hours of new content, which averaged out cost our Patreons 70 cents for the week, which eight hours for 70 cents, that's... Not bad value. So take a look at all the tiers at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. If you'd like to support the podcast in a non-financial way, you can do that simply by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It is at Steel Wars, S-T-W-E-L-E-W-A-R-S. And we appreciate it when you retweet or share the episode announcements. It really helps. Word of mouth is how we build our audience one person at a time. So no matter how many followers you have on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, if you get one person interested in the podcast, your work here is done. I appreciate it so much. Don't forget, we have all the merch on the merch store. If you want to not get a tattoo, but a Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirt or sticker, they are up right now. All t-shirts for a limited time also come with a Your Snoke Theory Sucks lollipop, which was our Star Wars Celebration exclusive, but I've got a bag left and I'm keen to send them out to you. So grab a t-shirt, or chuck in some stickers, or chuck in a lollipop, and we'll have a great time. Plus, when you buy a t-shirt, you also get 10 bonus premium downloads. So you'll be able to have a world of listening while you wait for your t-shirt delivery. I've thought of everything. My other podcast, my comedy podcast, I Love Green Guy Letters, just celebrated 250 Episodes. Now, the premise of the podcast is we get uh, comedic and celebrity guests on to review, i.e., make fun of, the complaint letters people write to the TV guide. It is super fun. Give it a test, and I think you'll warm up to it. Our 250th episode was recorded live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It is so funny and not from me i'm talking about our guests if uh you're a long-time listener of the show we had ash williams on all uh, right and if you're a patreon member you have to listen to the ash williams steel wars episode it is for sure unlike any star wars podcast episode you have ever heard uh we also had demi Lardner on who recently appeared in who recently appeared on a live Steel Wars, and Nazim Hussein, who recently just left the uh, Celebrity, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here set. He was out in the jungle, and uh, he came straight to the podcast. Well, not straight to. And uh, so we grilled him about how shows like that worked. But it is so funny. So if you haven't listened to an episode before, episode 250, it's Before a Live Audience, And I think you're going to have a great time. So check that out. We are part of the Planet Broadcasting Podcast Network. The boys from the Weekly Planet. Organizing that with a bunch of great Australian uh, comedically slanted pop culture styled podcasts. You can check that out at planetbroadcasting.com. And we are also part of... The Making Star Wars Podcast Network, makingstarwars.net. It is the internet's home for legitimate Star Wars news and rumors. No one does it better. And they've also got a podcast network of top-shelf Star Wars podcasts that are tackling Star Wars from different, certain points of view. So if you want more podcast listening... I would uh, highly recommend you check out makingstarwars.net. Hit the podcast network button and go crazy. Enjoy them all. You guys, thank you so much for listening. There is nothing that brings me joy in a way quite like recording these Star Wars podcasts for you. I, I truly love it. I hope you're having a good time with it. And hey, may that force be with you.